Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> kind of, here he comes. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys that carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later on, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we where disagree we're gonna on. Eat? Where are we going to eat? <laughs> hey, things, yeah. But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it is, it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. Well, what is up? Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Tour 12 Podcast. Cody, the producer man's in the house. Aaron Keller is in the house. It's been a long time for the next guy. Fathead. <laughs> That's the only way to introduce him. Rusty's Fathead. back at the South Face headquarters today. Actually, this is your first trip here. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressed, ain't you? He came in. He Legendary. was big-eyed. Like, I cannot believe I'm in this headquarters. That's just because his head's big. He ain't big-eyed. <laughs> so we're all hanging out in Arkansas today a little bit last night and discussing a lot of different business for multiple brands um including our own brand aaron and rusty's our undercover national sales team <laughs> not sure it's undercover if i just put it out on a podcast <laughs> but no we all work together and and in a lot of different ways and facets and everybody trying to help everybody type deal yeah and uh so far it's worked out good so we're down here discussing or preparing for ATA. Rusty's throwing a lot of last-minute stuff on us. Yeah, you got to get a catalog, like four catalogs done in about five days. <laughs> yeah. So that's the text we get yesterday, right? Yeah. Is Rusty, you boys ready? Rusty texts is like, hey, I need so packaging design and two catalogs done in the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious. You cannot say that I am the last minute guy now. That's just because you're not the only company we're working with now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but Rusty's going to screw up all my timelines now. <laughs> Last year, I was working on your catalog, and he said, get used to it, bud. It's the industry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like you saying six months, but realistically, the catalog should be done. I mean, I don't use catalogs as much as I used to, but. I mean, I start my meetings in August. <clears throat> yeah, for the next year. I mean, you really you could use them by August. Oh yeah, but if everybody else is just like us, we we, we don't even have our products finalized by <laughs> August. <laughs> Sometimes we're just now creating them. Yeah, but it is hard. I think things are too far in advance in our industry sometimes because i mean you from think, a sales side you from mean, a sales side yeah you go in august and you ain't even made it into season yet and i'm already presenting for the next year i mean hell i don't even know what's selling good yet yeah i mean i think a lot, a lot of i think just in conversations we've had with a lot of people especially new to the industry don't understand the how long it takes for for national placement 
mm-hmm. you know it's it's year two out a lot of times before you're going to get in so there's a lot of planning's got to go in i don't i know i didn't realize that till we really got yeah i mean he was talking about that last night even well he didn't even include placement he was just talking about development period was a two-year process it's a two-year process so then yeah. if you add placement to that i mean it's a long time. Now, Rusty, you disagree with that. But I can feel it. Rusty's <laughs> a runner. You're a he said, I got an idea. It's going in next week, right? That's right. <laughs> but see, he lives a, he's a Texas guy. Man, these guys are unrealistic. <laughs> We've always said Texas is its own country. We just get stuff better done than Arkansas boys do. <laughs> That's why you're in Arkansas right now? That's right. Because he's got to get it done. <laughs> oh, there is a lot of planning goes or should be a lot of planning if you're uh if you're going to be pull your mic up rusty there you go texas Not, boys you novice you. novice you gotta have that mic up we all have to have our mics up and outside of our beards <laughs> you're okay over there you're a little more clean cut than us just a little yeah what's up with that Lindsay likes it that way hey Lindsay won't let him grow a real beard <laughs> Rusty is still rocking the goatee. Is that even still in? <laughs> I don't know. Rusty got no comment. <laughs> That's funny. Rusty, what have you been up to the last year or so? Let's see here. Besides traveling a lot. Uh, change jobs. Went to work for a new group. Now running pretty much half the country. You are. So you're with Rhino Blinds. Yep. Capsule, Capsule feeders. feeders. What else y'all got? Y'all got all kinds of stuff. Leg cuff, outpost, and lid cam. So what's the transition been like for you? I mean, good for the, was there ups and downs, I'm sure? <clears throat> um, a little bit of change. Um, a little more structure, a little more fun. Kind of have a little freedom. Yeah. When you're over a lot more than you were not being micromanaged, that's right. So, I mean, a lot of people consider transitioning. You know, we're all looking to to do better and and improve our own lives from a financial standpoint. Was the decision hard for you to make? I mean, you have a, you have people come after you quite a bit. We know that because you're really good at what you do, or at least you're a good salesman, right? He says he's good at what he does. <laughs> The most sought after. Hey, proof's in the pudding, ain't it? That's right. At the end of the day, numbers matter. And that's how you built your whole. So you were with Hudala years Hudala ago. Hudala originally. Which is crazy because, Aaron, you were with Hudala. Oh, I got him his Hudala job. Yeah, I told him, that's right. I told him, do not talk at yeah, the sales this meeting. Is funny. <laughs> and he did. He, he kept his mouth shut. But I was in there doing a presentation for our brand, and Russ just sitting there. He actually, he was sitting like this, and he, he raises his hand like he's in high school. <laughs> I said, what, Rusty? He said, you told me I couldn't talk, but I got to speak now. <laughs> That's something you need to say, huh? That's right. right. It's kind of funny, though, because so we work with Do All Outdoors now and Dave. Dave was with $2. It's, so it's small. It's really kind of small because now we're all working together in different ways with different companies. But uh, you guys kind of got your start as far as industry goes with them, right? With $2? Yeah, or, or was you already doing something in the industry before that? I owned an outdoor store for a while. Yeah, he was in retail like me. That's where oh. most people get your start. Most of the good people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got you to work from the ground up, right? That's right. Well, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, if you've don't, if you never been in retail, you, you don't understand it. I mean, yeah. 
it's it's a different ball game. You kind of cut your teeth doing it. Yeah, that's the best teacher anyway. I say yeah. I, I think everybody should spend two years in retail or something like that anyhow because one they'd be a lot nicer to people, but <laughs> but it, it truly does help you. Um, you know, from a buyer's perspective, when you start going out to sell, because you get these sales guys that just they'll just say junk. You know, right? I've I've ripped pages out of catalogs before because I'm like, oh, what about this? You don't need that. This is, you know, I mean, because I know when I, I was in retail, I, I didn't want junk on my shelf. So you got to be the same thing as a salesman. But I do. I think when you get a retail background, you you're you're better at what uh, as a salesman on the road. So yeah. Definitely experience is, in this is my opinion, is always the best teacher. And it just takes getting out there and, and cutting, you know, cutting your teeth and, and getting in it. And I think there is, we talk a lot about faith and work in what we do cause, mm-hmm. and calculated risk and all that. Um, I know transitioning a lot of times is tricky for people. I mean, we talked about it even when you were transitioning. Um, it can be scary at times, too, if you don't don't know exactly what you're getting into everything grass always looks green on the other side right yeah i've heard you know the old saying we grew up in in the old church background was always was grass ain't greener on the other side it's greener where you water it yeah and <laughs> or I, <clears throat> where you put all the, the crap <laughs> yeah. yeah but i asked i asked a leader in my life one time i said because i've been taught that my whole life and I think there is some truth to that. But I, I asked a guy one day, I said, so what do you do when the grass is greener on the other side? Like you made the move and you're like, there's no way I would ever go back, you know? I mean, I don't know what you do other than just keep on. Keep on. <laughs> keep on watering that grass and fertilizing it too, you know? Pour but, it to it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's, a, you know, I mean, I've been, let's see, I ain't had a ton of jobs in the industry, but I've been in every facet. Um but every job, you know, every job has an its, its advantage. Like I can tell you, as a rep, uh, the thing that sucks as a rep is you got to deal with four or five rustier errands. Guys like us, you know, um, some guys are are just pain in the butts. Yeah. Uh, now, when you say rep, because I know there's probably we have some listeners that don't even know what we're talking about. Probably we're talking about independent sales rep. Rep groups, specifically in the outdoor industry, is what we're yeah. talking about. So there's rep groups. So just explain what a rep group does for those. So basically, uh, I you know I, I use H and G is my uh, sales agency that handles me. They basically you know they run. They're my boots on the ground. Right. Um, they're the sales cheaper to contract in for a percentage of sales versus having a bunch of employees. And that's like that's where Rusty Hudala was a, a independent sales agency, and that's where. I work for those guys as well. And, you know, that's in the in- outdoor industry. We're probably, I mean, I mean, every industry has reps today. I mean, they're, um, but in the outdoor industry, I mean, there's, there's really not a lot left. I mean, no, it's not many. I mean, and it's, it, it is that crazy how everybody gets recycled here. And that's what I'm saying. You go places and as a rep, like when I, when I was in retail, retail absolutely sucks. But I was home every night, you know. Yeah. The store closed at 6 o'clock. I went home. I didn't have to be at work. But I worked almost every Saturday of my life, you know. Um, and you're, you're tied to the store when everybody else is having uh, uh, going out and having fun. But as our, like, then I went to work for become a rep as a distributor rep for Big Rock Sports. Well, 
there's not a harder uh, work ethic. If you're going to be a distributor, you got to go because I'm selling trinkets. You know, I mean, I stopped at pawn shops. I traveled every day of the week. Really? Yeah, I traveled more then. There was no because if I didn't go sell it, I didn't get paid because I was a I was a straight commission guy. I mean, yeah. it, it was, it, and that's when you know. I mean, I learned to save money. I stayed at my sister in law's house because she lived in Little Rock, and that's in the center of my territory. So I would work out of her house and come home there, and I never had to once pay for. Very seldom I had to have hotels. Just you know, stay there. Uh, and then when I went to work for like hoodall all that that's where you know the reps for them it sucks there what the good thing about a rep is there's freedom yeah i can disappear as a rep i mean because you're kind of your own boss out there but you got guys like me you know you you send me an email and just because i don't you know i might be on the lake when i was a rep you know during april may time frame i I promise you i was on the lake But now, like what Rusty and I was doing, there, I can't hide that. Yeah. I mean, I don't even take vacations anymore. And when I do, I still work because you get too far behind because all those boots on the ground, they're asking Dustin or Zach, and they got to ask me or, or something's going on in the office. So, like, I tell people, as a rep, I had all this freedom, but I had to deal with a bunch of people. Yeah. A bunch of bosses, to rephrase that, that weren't really my boss, but then again, they get you in a lot of trouble. Now – I'm the guy dealing with all those reps. So the green, what's I, what I like about me is I don't travel as much as a rep today. And I'm at home a lot and, you know, get to make a lot of decisions, but I don't have <clears> no time anymore. I yeah. Mean, it's almost like retail, except I don't work weekends, you know. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. I you made a comment that there's there's not a whole lot of rep groups around anymore, it doesn't seem like, as far as the, um, the amount of them. Do you, do you attribute that to just – online sales or the digital age we live in now or well is why there's a decline in that or well i also i don't i think our industry we went through a boom period and it's just me speculating but in rusty you you can remember i mean he's not been in it as long as i have but you think about Five years ago, it was expansion. You know, every major retailer was new stores here, and the goal was just keep growing and growing and growing. And, I mean, we were in our heyday. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, now look at it. You got Hoodall Associates is gone. You got Ganders went out of business once. You know, they're they're closing stores down. Yeah. You got, you know, Dix is getting out of the gun business. You know, Academy still expanded, but all these people put the brakes on new stores. I mean, you ain't seeing any new stores built. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's, I've just said for, I think there was a period where we lived in um, a boom. You know, it's kind of like a, it's just kind of like the mining business water. We just blew up real fast. And then now we've tapered off and it's, it's about, and it's just at a normal pace, I would say today. Yeah. Um, would you say it's at a you feel like it's at a healthy place right now as far as state of the industry we're talking about products and sales and because there is there is a slow slow decline as far yeah, as i don't i don't think i mean if you look at no it's, I, I would say no i mean no what it's not in a great place if you compare it to the past 15 years um that's one but if you look at fishing fishing is a 
fishing's up through the roof. It's solid. Yeah, it's not going. Hunting is not, but we get attacked at every. I mean, no kids don't hunt anymore. I mean, I look at my son. He's eighteen. I drug that boy everywhere, <laughs> and he don't want to get up and go. Yeah, he don't. I mean. He got to get out of bed before 12 o'clock. Mine's it? on the other end of that spectrum right yeah. now. Like He may quit sports just to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> He's but, ate up with it. But, you know, them boys are few and far between. Yeah. I mean, I used to tell, I, Friday night, I didn't go out and party and do all that stuff. Yeah. I went bow fishing. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. Mm. Well, there's no doubt that just the age we live in has had an effect on. Oh, yeah. There's, there's so much. I don't know if there's more to do. But there's more distractions than there ever yeah, been, for sure. Yeah. Mainly because of cell phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. We're just as bad as kids are, probably. But but kids are pretty much on that digging phone about 900 times a day. You know, nonstop. We're on it quite a bit too, but it's more work related, probably. But well, yeah, and it, I love the weekends. It, it, it just tickles me to death. People, I try to get a hold of you all weekend. I'm gonna tell you what you you better call my wife if you really need me. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't even normally have my phone on me. Yeah. Um, I have to get away from it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't Instagram and do all that crap. I got Facebook, but. but. You ain't real active, Aaron. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get Aaron Keller locked your post. <laughs> if, I get, what? if I get something from Aaron on Facebook, it's usually a. a an ad for some used dozer for sale somewhere. That's right. <laughs> I do look. I do go to marketplace a little bit there. He'll find a deal on something. There's a dozer for twenty seven grand. That might be a deal. I did see on Facebook the other day. It said my bass boat was still for sale. I'm like, I mean, I sold that thing like six years ago. <laughs> I, I said, I guess I better put sold on here. That's hilarious. But no, I mean, kids are distracted. I, I mean, I don't know, Rusty. I mean. Texas is uh, it, it literally is different. I mean, it's really. I don't think Texas is probably not declining much in the hunting side. No, it's still booming. I mean, three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty-four-seven, you can kill something. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Well, I mean, I guess you can hunt something in Arkansas, Legally. but <laughs> not stuff people. Are, a lot right. of people are wanting to hunt. Yeah, all year long. Yeah, I mean, we got lions, tigers, and bears. Hey, I was hunting down there one time, and I had a dang zebra come in on me. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Where did I end up at? And I'm going to tell you what, deer don't stick around when a zebra comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting on the front porch the other morning, and a elk walked in the front yard. Just There ain't no elk nowhere around me. There's a reason they're not in this state because we kill everything. We're killers up here, Rusty. <laughs> well, I just moved. We had to put bear back in our state because we killed them all. Well, I just moved to this house and couldn't get to a gun. Didn't have no firearms there yet. <laughs> Rusty would have killed it. That's funny. Hey, I shot a uh, uh, possum the other day in my backyard. You know, normally they played, you know, dead. Yeah. My dog was going crazy and. uh I went out there, stupid thing was snarling and growling, and like it come at me. I hit it. I, I, when I hit it with a stick, I'm not talking about a little stick, like basically end of a shovel. I waylaid this thing, and it didn't even phase it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't normally kill stuff like that. I'm getting old and soft, I guess. But dude, I, I told my wife, I'd get the dog, and I was like, that thing might be rabid, you know? Yeah. Went out there and smoked him, but. I was like, oh, that's the only thing I've killed in five years. <laughs> that's bad, isn't it? <laughs> that is bad. I, I got uh-huh. soft, though. I mean, I don't, I got, I look at the deer in my yard, and I just. You name them all, and. 
No, an alphabet deer walked out. I'd probably kill it. But yeah, I'm getting a little Arkansas would come out in me. I'd shoot him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I take my daughter. You know, this year I've hunted a bunch this year. Everybody says I don't hunt, but I have been quite a bit more than normal. No, I just don't ever tell nobody I hunt. <laughs> I think think people don't think I hunt because I just don't go places. Right. See, I didn't think I was like you ain't hunted this year, and you said you hunted a bunch. I probably I probably hunted close to thirty days this year, oh, something wow, like man. that. I ain't hunted that many days. Not all day sits or nothing, but we've been quite a bit. But I'm like you, if it ain't at least around here, if it ain't a shooter, I ain't shooting a whole lot around here unless it's a decent deer, you know. So, you know, I, I look at the industry right now and think I don't necessarily think it's up by any means, but I do think it it provides a really good opportunity to do something significant. If you halfway know what you're doing, you know, whether that's an innovative product or the right marketing strategy or whatever, because um, I think there's still a pretty significant gap in c- companies that are really doing things well and those that aren't. Yeah. Um, obviously, we make a living with companies that that need help in trying to grow their business or whatever. Doesn't mean they're off. They just need one. Everybody wants to grow. You know, and at the end of the day, sales answers or solves all problems at the end of the day. And sales, so, dollars cure everything. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I kind of look at it, I'm kind of excited because we've obviously got a lot of things we're discussing with y'all's brands, our brands, everything. But I think there's a great opportunity right now because I don't want to say it's, it's stagnant, but and we'll see probably at ATA here in January, there's going to be some new stuff probably come out that we're like, that's a pretty good idea. And then there's mm-hmm. going to be some stuff you're like, who'd you knock off to do that? You know, <laughs> yeah. That's every year. But I think there's a great opportunity for those that, that have a good idea and have the right team. Really, at the end of the day, that that's the biggest part of it. Oh, yeah. The right team to do whatever you want to try to accomplish. And that's in anything. You it know, just the hunting industry. But It is. And like you said, innovation is the key to everything. But our industry has become a freaking copycat. Copycat. <clears throat> drive it to the bottom, cheap stuff. I get so sick of people. I mean, I go in these meetings and be like, that's too expensive. But yet they're sitting there drinking out of a Yeti tumbler. I'm like, oh, you paid forty dollars for a glass that cost them six cents to build in China. Yeah, I got an American made product here. You know, you just want to slap them. I was in an account yesterday. We had that same discussion. Oh, it's too high. It's because it's like it's a race to the bottom. It is. It is a race. And you you have that argument. I mean, no, it's not. Yeah. When you. It's quality. It's not cheap. You're not going to buy one next year. It'll last you a couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, that's getting to be people's mentality now. They'll buy a better product than buying cheap stuff. Yeah. Well, if it makes sense, and like you say, if it's something that's going to last and you don't have to replace it every year, whatever the product is, um, and every line of product's different. I mean, like you talk about bipods, you're probably not going to go buy a new bipod every year unless you're buying new guns every year. You're going to have that bipod for years. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas... Uh, something and blinds are the same way there's different levels of bright blinds there's some you're gonna probably have to replace every year but then there's some you're gonna pay a little bit more and they're gonna last you longer you right know? in the end you're actually saving money that's right you know well i mean you know it's and it rusty's with the rhino thing now but you know i used to rep double bull back in the day yeah and before when primos bought them and i think i let's see i mean you're i've probably got a blind it just this year it finally give it up you know, it, it, I mean, 
yeah, it was a four hundred dollar blind. Look how long likes me. I promise you, I've been through fifteen Ameristeps between that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a rhino that I bought. Oh, right as soon as I started in the industry, and it's been through four hurricanes, left out, <laughs> and it finally got retired this year. Did it? It's <laughs> funny. I tell you what, a pine tree will just demolish one. I went out and put up one of mine, and we got that what little snow we get. But for some reason, my a little pine tree. I mean, you wouldn't think right through the middle of it. Just I'm like, that's great. Rushing water will destroy one too. Yeah, man. I always worry about the bear though. Like like you was talking about, you spraying the liquid luck. I don't do that. I'm not on my mind because I'm afraid bear comes shoot up because he tears. I mean, oh yeah, they get into my shooting house, and that's a. I'm Arkansas. I've made it. It's homemade. I mean, he climbs through the windows, and they will <laughs> throw my pull my chairs out. I mean, they get my chairs will be hung in a window. You know, I got office chairs in there. It's just I don't understand it. So that's why I don't leave pop ups out very often at my place because bear. I always worry about them tearing it up because I've had them eat the seat out of my climber that I took up the night before and go go hunt. You yeah. know, left it there and come back the next day and my seat's gone because the stupid bear chewed it up. Yeah. So in Arkansas, you don't spray liquid luck on your, on your ground blind. <laughs> well, you don't spray liquid luck on your pop-up blinds in certain places in Texas. There's lots of critters that like to tear shit up. Y'all got a lot of goats that'll show up, too. <laughs> Asshole be the body about that. Yep. Just a few. I think we talked about that on the podcast. We did. Didn't we one did. Of them episodes Just a few billy goats. A while back, Brandon had about 70 goats show up. While he's sitting in the blind hunting axis. Well, that's hilarious. <laughs> he's the only person they came to. We don't have that problem with anybody else. You gar- That's because he's cowboy. That's- they just naturally call him up. No, Rusty Gar hold him. <laughs> he knew them goats was out there. <laughs> <laughs> Matt sent us a, Matt was filming. He sent us a pic on the phone. It's just solid. Like they're in, heads everywhere. in the blind with them. It's like just everywhere. So we had to go distract them. Mm-hmm. Shake some feed and drive them the other way. But Rusty invited me on a hunt a lot. That's the first hunt I ever went on with Rusty. Oh, yeah? And uh, that's where I seen the zebra, by the way. <laughs> of course. He didn't tell us we was going to a kill pen, but... <laughs> But I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't care. I, uh, we went there. There's this freaking giant deer. Shake the sack. Here we come. Shoot. You know, I wasn't there to shoot a deer. I was there killing just junk. Yeah. You know, and I had to, I told Russ I got in. I was like, we're going to go Walmart. I'm going to have to buy a BB gun to shoot these deer that I can't shoot to get them out of here. Cause it's real hard when you're sitting there looking at a freaking 190 inch deer and you can't shoot it. You know, I was, like, was going to go buy a BB gun and start shooting them just so he could shoot. I said, well, I told, I told the landowner, I said, it'd make it more interesting too. If these things were a little bit scary, scared acting when they come in the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that whole pen deal, man, it's a huge debate. Oh, I mean, even in I, our I, industry, you if know, if I had a hundred acres and I could afford to fence it off to keep my deer and i probably do it too how much is it they told me one day six dollars a foot isn't it it's it's uh twenty two dollars a foot didn't it come out to like 10 grand a mile or something's about what something 10, like thousand that. a mile eight to ten a mile something like that i've hunted small pens and i've hunted big pens and yeah. i tell you it took me four days to shoot a crappy buck out of that little they are different i mean, I mean it wasn't 100 acres it was 800 something eight acres. something yeah. yeah yeah i'm I personally i'm not for or against i don't get into that whole argument too much yeah. Because I'm like you, I've seen what 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 gave them the bad rap was 
people going into small pens and acting like they'd really done something. Yeah. yeah. And then putting that mess on TV and lying about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's like you say, there's high fence places that are thirty thousand acres. You bet you that they're they're keeping predators out. If I put a fence to. around my fourteen hundred acre lease, it wouldn't hunt no different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just hunting. You still got to hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know it's a it's age old debate like gun and bow and you know what I like to do because you'll get a hold of some guys every now and then you know they're die hard against. I'd never do that. I'd never do that. That's that ain't real hunting or whatever, and that's fine. So I just always ask them. I say, you ever fished a pond? <laughs> that's a good one. I it it that. is really good because <laughs> that's the whole deal. Is is like. Well, they can't escape. They're not free range. They can't escape. And I'm not like I'm not an advocate for it. I'm not saying that, but I'm just I like throwing a kink in it every now and then because there's not a everybody's fished a pond. Yeah, you know, at some point it ain't really that much different. Um, fish has got to bite your lure, whether it's in the ocean or a pond, and if it's in a pen or not, it's got to come within range. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and there are places that are that are hard to hunt. Well, you look at so much of that. Okay, so yes. Texas is fenced. It's more conservation than it is hunting. Yeah. I mean, we brought more species back from extinction than yeah. A lot of people don't. They don't know that. They, they just, don't know that. Yeah. It's just, and that's what I think. It's got a bad rap because of the way some people have treated it. And it's, you know, it's like we could go back to the church debate. This is totally going a different direction here, but it's the same principle: is you can't judge all of Christianity by one church or by one Christian quote Christian. And you can't judge all of Texas by one high fence operation. Yeah. But a lot of times we do, you know, Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people leave churches and leave Christianity, so to speak over one or two people or one church doing stupid stuff. And it's the same thing in the high fence argument is you've got people that are like, because of one or two people's done something stupid, it's just got a bad rap and they're judging the entire industry. That's a big business. And so to some people, it is just business. Yeah. There's a lot of dollars going in. The, I think I've heard deer's gotten a lot cheaper, though. Oh, in they're in that business. Stupid that, cheap. The is old, that because it's a race to the bottom, too? The oil boom. When you say stupid big. cheap, is that like $2,500? So we went from a $20,000 deer to a $10,000 deer. A 250-inch deer is $10,000. $10,000. That's still crazy. That's I ain't paying no ten thousand dollars. I don't even pay two thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I I get sick just buying a three hundred dollar tag in Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! I remember why I stay in Arkansas now. Now <laughs> you can hunt for twenty five dollars and kill all the deer you need. Dang to right. eat. <laughs> shoot them right out of the truck window. Well, we shoot them out of the truck window. I know. I killed the all dad out of the truck window down there one year. <laughs> Shot the wrong one though too. <laughs> Shoot that right there. Pow. Nope, not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I've told Gavin whenever we started hunting down in Texas, and we've hunted on some pretty big ranches down there, and down at Effie Hill, it's free range, and but it's 30,000 acres down there. And I, I had to tell him when he first started going, because they was back roading, shooting hogs or whatever, you know. And I said, Gavin, this is Texas. <laughs> Don't think we're just going to roll back to Arkansas and just go driving around shooting. And I said, that's illegal back home. It's, yeah. not, it's not illegal here where we're at, but <laughs> – had to bring some clarity to that yeah. just so he knew. But don't you worry, he's driving around back road and <laughs> No, he ain't. I did it. We all did it. I'll never forget uh, telling myself here I didn't shoot it, but yeah, you better be careful. We got some game wardens like listening to this two or twelve podcasts. That's all right. The statute of limitations has already set it on this deal, so <laughs> I understand my legal rights as a citizen. <laughs> we need to edit that out. 
<laughs> no, seriously, we were in high school one day, and actually, we did what we did was not illegal. It wasn't. We were got out for a tornado. You know, it's crazy. Back in the day, Cushman <laughs> School, everybody made fun of us. We get out for snow. It was a tornado warning. By God, they let you out of school. That's safe. Let's put the kids on a bus. You know, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> I think I might have been. We was, I was a junior, and uh, we were driving down uh, down the road, and we're driving. I was like, "Hey, look, there's a buck!" And it was in the gravel pit. And my buddy stopped me, locked the truck up. Where? He's like, <laughs> "Let's kill him!" I'm like, well, "I'm not my truck." I'm like, "You got a gun?" And it was rifle season. He's like, "Nope, I got one at the house." So we drove all the way home. All right, got a gun, drove all the way back, pulled in the gravel pit, which made it legal. Really? And this deer just looking at us. You know, it's just like, all right, this deer should die. And he shot him. He shot him literally off the hood of the truck. Wow, just smokes this deer. And he's over there and he makes, shoots it in the head, makes a bad shot. And he's over there and had one bullet. And this deer's over there kicking oh. around. I'm just like, you idiots. Neither <laughs> did I know. Neither one of these guys, they weren't really, they weren't hunters. I never skinned a deer before. Hmm. I'm like, they're like, oh man. I'm like, we well, can need to gut him, man. They're like, Gut him? Why are we gutting him? I'm like, we gotta get his guts out because it's a, it's a warm day. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was my one experience as a kid driving down the road spotting a deer. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that was my only road hunting. Texas laws are a little different in a lot of ways down there. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with a, a game warden not too long ago, which I have ultimate respect for game wardens and what they have to do and deal with because I know they do deal with a lot of junk. Um, but I was talking to one the other day, and we, we were talking about Texas and Arkansas and the difference, and he was telling me how thick our manual is of how many rules they've got to keep up with in Arkansas. And he made the comment about Texas. He said Texas is probably less than half of this, their booklet, compared to ours. He said it's just challenging because there's so much they got to keep up with. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be. You know, I've got a, come on, I've got a couple friends that are game wardens, and Every stop they make, there's a firearm involved. Oh, yeah. Think about that. I mean, yep. and it's a dangerous job. It is. But, you know, the one thing about it, I'd say most sportsmen, I mean, you don't hear too many game wardens getting shot. Right. I mean, most, most. They're not getting shot by sportsmen. That's right. Most yeah. sportsmen. Right. I mean, we're the, the good people with guns, you yeah. know. Most of the time. Yeah. There, there's occasions with it every now and then, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, in the game wardens, in the back of their mind, there's always that thought, I'm dealing with crazy redneck who's, oh, yeah. who's probably drinking out here doing something crazy. They told me some crazy stories even this year prior to season. The guy had six bucks in the back of his truck, shot them all at night here in Arkansas, and it's it a bad deal. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's dumb. Yeah. <clears throat> you just I ask. mean, I, I, I literally five years ago was driving in, and, it's, uh, and there's my big deer standing in the field out of breath. He's panting because he's chasing though. Yeah. I mean, I could, that was must load season. I just looked at him. I was like, oh, gosh. Never even thought about shooting him, you know. But I could have killed him. Oh yeah, I was behind the lock gate. Nobody'd ever know. Of course, my buddy Marcus, he's like, he's like, hadn't I taught you anything? Don't you know you shoot, kill him, and then when the flight comes up, 
you shoot again. When somebody says, why'd you shoot early? You say, I dropped my gun. I need to check it under the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I had no interest in just shooting that deer like that. I mean. Yeah. I think you transition. I know for me, like when you're, when you're young, it was more about killing and just oh, getting yeah. in the game kind of, and it's probably still that way in Texas, Rusty. No. But, <laughs> but I know for me, as I've aged and, and matured a little bit, I ain't really all that mature yet. But to me, I, I've got so much respect for the animal now. I want to hunt them the right way. Right. You know, I want to give them uh, a fair, fair <laughs> shake. <laughs> fair shake. What are you shaking your head for, Rusty? Sure. What does that mean? Out of a window with a gun is the right way, Rusty. We didn't say we was shooting them with slingshots. Right what about there. bailing off a buggy? Bailing off. Oh, no, that, that could hurt me potentially. That's kind of like jumping off high <laughs> stuff. I ain't doing none of that crap. <laughs> Getting risky. Yeah, I done been, I've, no, I've done broke too much stuff to be bailing off on an animal. <laughs> That's like catching a deer. You ain't going to get Aaron Keller catch a deer. <laughs> no. Yeah. I can remember, though, like when we were, I think you was with you you guys when we went on that. Weren't you there on that hog hunt a few years ago when we all went? Oh, we all not, went. With all that high dollar operation mm-hmm. thermals. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can remember seeing some deer that it was phenomenal the night. We killed a ton of hogs. But I can remember something. We'd see up and shoot out across there and there'd be big old antlers. And you're like, but it never crossed my mind. I'm going to shoot that deer at night. You know, it just, I don't know. I ain't, a, I'm never, I'm not a, I'm not a horn chaser. I mean, yeah. I'm for the thrill of the hunt. You know, I guess there's a thrill at shooting them at night too and not getting caught, but yeah. it's kind of like stealing. I guess some people say the steal means the they, thrill. It's the thrill, yeah. Yeah, it's not about what they're stealing. It's yeah. more just seeing what they can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. That leads to a bad road. Yeah. For a lot of people. But um, back to the industry. I want to talk about the industry some more because I think. I know I'm always intrigued with our industry. I have I have people ask me stuff about our industry all the time, thinking about getting into it or or wanting to get into it. I think there's a real opportunity right now for any brand. If if you've got something innovative or um, an innovative marketing strategy for what you're doing, I think there's a great opportunity to come in and, and make an impact right now because there's yeah. not anything really that just jumps out at me right now that's new. There's um, nothing wow out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's some version of something that's already out there at this yeah. point. Yeah. It seems like. And so – I'm excited about the future, man. I think we've got some some cool things going on. Um, I know Rusty and them got some cool things going on with their brands. Obviously, Swagger and Big and Jay's always got something going on, some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. And uh, that's part of the fun, I think, for us is figuring out what does that look like? What are some potential innovative products? Um, I know Swagger's got some killer stuff working on right now. Can't really mention too much about that right now, but... Um, I'm excited about what the future holds for um, you guys and, and Rhino and, and Capsule Feeders. Matter of fact, talk about Capsule Feeders for a minute, Rusty, just because I had, until we started talking about doing a little bit of business here and there, I really was not that familiar with Capsule Feeders. So Capsule Feeders was created out of San Antonio. It was really the first feeder you stood on the ground and filled. And it's got an auger. And it's yeah, you had the to way we've been that. moving feed for – Every, it's an auger system. Yeah. So it augs it from the bottom of the feeder to the top, slings it out. Yeah, I've seen that thing around forever, but until today, it's kind of like, you know, it's an innovative product that nobody talked about. That's right. Yeah. Nobody. Because I've worked, first thing I asked you, it's plastic. Well, about squirrels? And uh, y'all put something in the, I mean, it's, in the plastic that keeps the squirrels from eating it. You know, so I went to work for these guys and I thought, okay, this will be a challenge. This is going to be fun. Bring this thing back to life. 
we did trade shows and there's guys walking up. Oh, we got 40 and 50 of them. Really? They, oh, we still want them. We still buy them. I mean, it's a, it's there. So the auger pulls the feed up. Pulls it up. Whereas everything else is coming down. Down. So it pulls it up. So it's a pretty innovative product. It is. They were way ahead of their time. Yeah. Hey, when I lived in Ohio, we had basements and um, I put a toilet in that was an up flush toilet. It had an auger in it and it took stuff up to the to send it out. Crazy stuff. The only thing toilet related and up I've ever heard of is what's them uh, uh, bidet. Bidet. That's one of them, <laughs> this one ain't them that. tissue washers. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> How in the world can you sit? Is it what's it do? Squirt you in the butt? Yeah, right? I guess so. I don't. I don't. I can't. I never used it. <laughs> But I think it's no, supposed no. to. I, I Does think, it blow a puff of air too? Try you off, or you got to get up and get a dang towel? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I ain't never tried one, and I ain't planning on trying one. I know somebody who has. I'm going to ask too. about that. I just use baby wipes. I don't know how. I, I mean, so would that be considered an innovative product? A bidet? <laughs> I guess so. Because it sounds the most awkward. Like that's just an awful. Where'd it come up? What's bidet? Is that some French term? I'd call it the ass spritzer or something. <laughs> <laughs> spritzer. <laughs> oh, you, just a lot more. you just invented a compound word. That's <laughs> oh, all one word. <laughs> That's Only got two S's though. <laughs> I've never tried one. They scare me. I'm yeah. afraid it's going to blow, like blow up. I feel up like, something. man, I got to get in a shower. That's is weird. Is it warm or is it cold? I mean... Might regulate the temperature. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I'm on Amazon. Put on your toilet for like sixty bucks. Where's the water come from? Scary your thought as he's looked at this. No, you've researched this, Iron. I don't remember. Well, I had a conversation with somebody about it once before. I don't remember how we got on it. Probably the same thing here. I've not tried that product, and not not sure I'm going to. It. I of, just thought it was in the whole auger thing. Back to topic. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was interesting that they used an auger when he first brought that in this afternoon. I thought, I wonder how that works because it said gravity's not your friend. And then he told me the auger and it brought back all these memories of how do you flush a toilet with something that's supposed to go down? Yeah. And they'd explain the whole auger thing to me and how it worked. And that's the same thing this blind or this feeder does. Yeah. Like you said, the feed industry, we use augers every day. I mean, that's how we yeah. move feed around is the augers. Yeah. It's a pretty interesting product. I'm anxious to get a hold of it and do a little work with it. So it is intriguing. It is. I didn't know about the uh, the because I will tell you, you know, you know how it is. Squirrels, they will tear up a feeder. Oh yeah. And uh, I got more holes in a feeder. <laughs> I put. I even bypassed it with spray foam because they don't like spray foam. Though I did find out, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm tired of that. And that's what. I'd be glad to put one out. It'd be nice to know, you know, with, obviously we do a lot in the feed feed side of the industry, but how much feed is consumed by non-target animals? Oh, gosh. I bet a bunch. Highly even between coons and squirrels, and um, there's, there's a lot of pounds of feed goes. That's right. We're just, we're just, we're, we're trying to make all animals healthy. Right <clears> this is a... Uh, Improving the overall That's habitat, right. ain't it? That's right. You got to feed them too. <laughs> I got some booner coons, boy. I ain't gonna lie. I got some. He big called ones. me the other day. He's like, Cody, this coon moved my camera. <laughs> he was yeah, all that's, upset that's about it. Yeah. Well, I, my camera was perfectly set. I'm shooting over a new food plot we got this year, and uh, 
all of a sudden it's turned all the way to the right <laughs> the next so it's i'm like how did that get turned like that the next picture is a big old coon in front of the camera just smiling at me i mean i'm like you son of a gun that's like you know this year i said i didn't run cameras and i had but the only reason I didn't run them because I, the two I put out and I showed up, freaking bear had turned around a tree and one was on the ground. Yeah. So I was just like, ah, pff, I'm done. You also talked about earlier this year, um, you didn't use a lot of cameras this year and how it kind of brought the thrill of the hunt. Oh, yeah. It, it, the it anticipation just, of not knowing. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, I had more fun just, you know, me and my daughter, you know, like she's like, well, we, what's going to walk in? I mean, we let a little eight point walk through and i'm like you know it's not shooting we don't know what's here i knew my big deer survived because i'd had them on camera at the end of the year but right beyond that i didn't know where they was traveling into i mean it was back to old school hunting i mean yeah and i loved it i don't know that i run trail camera ever again really so we do the same thing i have a piece of property that i hunt that's just me we don't have any trail cameras on now everything else i have for customers it's got cameras yeah but if it's for me it's whatever it's just I mean, I've heard Jeremy say, I, I don't have nothing. I'd go shoot. You should take up golf or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, no, I just, I ain't ever been that way. I, I mean, I get excited about a deer. And, yeah. But, I, you know, you know, you'd be going through and click, click, click. Oh, he's a young buck. Nice. Well, oh, I got to hunt him or whatever, you know. And then you start trying to hunt. And I think for me, cameras have, every deer, big deer I've ever killed, yeah. in arkansas has not been where he was on camera yeah it's always somewhere else i mean i just and then i sat there and you think about it and the deer my daughter shot a few years ago I, i'm sitting here now hunting where these cameras have been and i'm watching every buck come in different i mean and basically where my camera's why you know we talked about the other camera idea how yeah i'm watching these deer basically skirted yeah i'm like holy crap you know yeah how many deer have i missed so you get to thinking oh you know we we know you don't get every deer but i just i loved it i mean it was back to old school hunting this year i mean yeah going run finding a rub line and just getting on it oh yeah seeing what it is loved it let me ask you uh maybe this might be an unfair question for y'all because of the industry we're in and what we do for a living but do you ever feel like the hunting industry is, is getting too over commercialized yeah for sure so how i mean how do we not that we can fix it all obviously but because i think that on certain things like i like and we try to be really intentional about working with brands that we really do believe in their products you know not just taking on anything to make a dollar um we probably did a little bit of that in the early days but we try not to do that now but um it's tricky because there is so much marketing coming at you i mean literally every one of us are being targeted online Mm -hmm. through keywords and all the things that goes on in the background with social media um i know when i was looking at trucks you know like any of you look at boats or rod you're gonna have 77 ads which i don't mind because i I would rather if i'm gonna get hit i'd rather stuff pop up that i enjoy looking at versus perfume or something you know cody might like that (laughs) no (laughs) he wears that stuff on hunts sometimes (laughs) i'll bring it back up (laughs) (laughs) that was a funny day but uh i don't know i I go back and forth and i'm not saying i battle it but i just i get curious sometimes because um it's it's just hard to know what's true and what's not anymore. I mean, 
and we want to we want to use good products and we, we work hard for our money and so if you're going to spend a dollar on something you want to buy something that's a legitimate product yeah you know um so it's kind of tricky so i just wonder what your thoughts was on it yeah i mean well i think one you got these big conglomerates buying up everything you know i've i've said multiple times it's bad for the industry but you know i don't know it, it, the industry's really changed so much i mean i we ain't, we ain't seen a lot of innovation in in a long time it's just who can knock who off i mean yeah um but i i, I watch the industry shrink every year i watch ata show go down i mean the shot show um i mean i don't know if it's i mean i know it's attendance is down it, it'd have to be but i mean if you took all the media and press out of that play these places there ain't anybody there yeah i mean so i don't know i mean you think about industries i mean so look at cell phone if if cell phones was the hunting industry, there'd be forty seven companies selling the same thing. But yeah. if you go to the cell phone side of the business, there's really only four or five companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're all different. You know, Apple's its own deal, and you got you know the Android. You know, there's only a few operating systems, but there's not a ton of phone makers. Right. Realistically, it's probably on two or three, and they're just putting different names and making a cheaper brand. Right. Whereas, how many how many deer feed companies got? Hell, we got like seven in the state of Arkansas, <laughs> <laughs> and none of them innovators. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, but I don't know. It's just you know, like the capsule deal. That's the only feature of its kind. Like it. that's it. But there's a prime example of a brand that nobody knows about. Yeah, till they hired Rustolium over here, and Rustolium's about to whole fathead. Shake it up. it up. About to shake it up. We're going to get a little farther planning next year on some I of do. this stuff, though, Rusty. I do like your uh, urgency on catalogs. Though that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but if I only had two page catalog, I'm gonna talk to Josh. I, I'm, I need to take a picture of them. We're gonna downsize ours to two pages. <laughs> oh. So just think about that as a company. Is a catalog as needed today with websites? I go oh, into I don't every know, major, sales meeting. You, you would know more than we would on that. But, so but. let's think about uh, for a brand like Big and J. I already basically sell every retailer in the country. Yeah. So. Like, if I go into Tractor Supply, for instance, do I really need to bring a catalog that shows him the seven items he's already carried? No, I don't even take it anymore. I mm-hmm. just take the items that I want to show him in a presentation. And then first, you know, my first part of my presentation is more of a recap of what they are, how to perform. Here's what I want you to carry moving forward new. Yeah. So I don't even need a catalog anymore. So is the catalog just because it's – what you've always done. done. Yeah. yeah. Is it needed? Yeah. No, because now all these buyers have their computer in front of them. They're on Amazon. They're on oh, this. God, they're I on that. I had a buyer be like, well, buy your product here on Amazon for blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, I can't help it. I mean, that's the world today. Yeah. You can't make 60% every day, you know? Yeah. So I don't but know. I, there's still a little bit of a place for them, probably if you're if you're going to be at major trade shows. Events, yeah, I mean, some people still like having something in their hand. Oh know? yeah, but there's also a lot. You hear a lot of people. Can you got? Can you email me your catalog? That's right. I mean, digital. Oh yeah. I'd love not to have a catalog. Well, why don't you just go digital then? Well, I'm scared. Just to click away. You're scared. Scared. <laughs> Aaron Keller just said he's scared. Scared. <laughs> Write it down, folks. Because there's still too many consumers out there that want a piece of paper. Yeah. 
Yeah. They can take home. But I don't go at. to consumer shows. I don't. Now I could see like a brand like Leopold or Weatherby where guys, I mean, they're gun nuts and all that to reading it, but a deer feed company. Yeah. Deer feed. Not saying, but I mean, realistically. Well, maybe that's the answer. It probably depends on the company and the, yeah. mm-hmm. with the product line. I mean, Josh wants a magazine. I kind of like when y'all I, like, I know magazine. y'all tried to get me to build this. Y'all <laughs> brought me a Matthews and a Yeti catalog. I'm like, all right, it's two different. We're on different level here, you know. <laughs> hey, we had, your, we had your catalog looking good last year. And then you said, cut this page, that page, this one, y'all that one. Y'all had 27 pages in it that It looked thing. dang good, because well, we bill per page. I know. <laughs> so I should be cut out. So, so I, that's why you need my catalog. Two right. yeah, I'm not liking the way this is going. No. I know that, no. Year, uh, that first year Josh did our catalog, we had so many pages. I'm like, the catalog's like three bucks a piece. I'm like, Josh, I got to buy like 10,000 of these things. I'm like, my catalog costs a dollar. So this year I still cut a bunch of his catalogs. Yeah. You got to. I mean, you got to think about those things as a company, too. Yeah. I mean, do you throw catalogs away at the end of the year? Do you run out four oh, years yeah. over? Which is which is worse? Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's 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 what part of, I think, remaining sustainable in your industry and staying effective is knowing how to navigate these waters yeah. in a changing industry. The There's there's some people that have done it well, um, and obviously some people haven't. And a lot of times the ones you see fall away or go away haven't done it well. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of different factors that play into that, but um, I think it's just part of being innovative in our industry right now is, is being innovative, navigating these waters and figuring out what does make the most sense. Because it ain't like we got just massive margins in every product. No, it's smart business. Yeah, and so everywhere you can save a dollar, maybe it is product catalogs for some for one brand, or and some brand may feel like that's. I don't know if there's necessarily a right way and right. only one right way. There's not that because you can do things a lot of different ways. We can all get the ATA going different routes, but we'll get there. You know, um, so I don't know. I think part of it, of being successful in this industry is just knowing how to navigate the times we live in. Well, and like you said, navigating times and um, the time, and Rusty can attest to this on our side, the times have, have changed so fast in the last five years, and this thing is scary. Because I can remember five years ago, if you had your website and you sold on the website, you were blackballed. You were scum of the earth. Really? You know, now, you don't even ask you. It's just everybody sells on their own website. I mean, yeah. We sell consumer direct today, and, you know, we don't – give it away it's retail price you know and they yeah. pay for eight and now now <laughs> well and several years ago having <laughs> after two years having, having protected areas too within so many miles yeah what, what y'all's terminology for that i don't have protected territories well, but for a while like in like what with bow manufacturers yeah like if you if you if one dealer sold hoyt there wasn't another one within so many See, miles i it, mean is that still relevant it's still there i don't believe in that crap that's just stupid <laughs> and i do you do he believes in it but here's the deal all right if you're gonna go you drive to johnny's Mm -hmm. and why because he's good at what he does that's right he's good at what he does if you lived in batesville you'd probably still drive to johnny's yeah i mean it's i mean i I, like there's a guy jj campbell he used to be down south of hot uh hot springs he's he's like johnny he's one of the better bow technicians in the state yeah he moved his whole family, they live up at Cotter. They're right on the river. He's got it. That's their hunting stories. 
I know guys that are still driving from Hot Springs there to him. I know guys oh, yeah. that drive from North. I mean, they go to him. Yeah. They drive past the four or five Matthews. My deal is, if I'm a bow manufacturer, I'm a retailer, and you tell me I can't have it, I'm I'm going to be mad. I want to be able to sell everything to my customer. You yeah, just forced my option. yeah. I mean, let me outsell him i can't help it he don't know how to sell and he sucks <laughs> let me be the store they want to be at give me all the brands i yeah. mean at the end of the day it's with like everything else it comes down to the relationship you build with the people that you sell yeah. to but yeah. that's the bow industry and not i mean Peter's you can buy lines. a gun everywhere you go i mean you think about it remington sells everywhere yeah Leopold sells everywhere yeah i don't know i know that was a big deal for because i know several retailers here locally that carry sunglasses and with it was like that with Costa and Oakley, and uh, I, I've heard some pretty interesting stories of how they started breaking the thing the codes the so thing to speak it, with some other stores, and it caused a little bit of a local friction. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. the thing it does it protects price a little bit. I mean, but then again, um, if I'm in business and I'm a good businessman, I'm not giving my stuff away. You can't run a business on 10% unless you're a commodity business. And you, you know, so it But that's what a bunch of these guys do. I, So-and-so down the road's got it, and he's better at his job. Well, I'll just cut the price and drive everybody in. I here. know. That, that's, the, that's the downfall. But at the end of the day, I, I tell people all the time, the guy that I used to work for in retail, that business is still there today. And I've seen other retailers come and go at that town. And it's still there. Why? Because he makes money. You people come in. I used to. I won't buy from him. But by gosh, you got to go to him for service work. You know, I mean, he. It was a full service shop. Yeah, I, that's what I said. The gun industry screwed us because everybody and their brother could get FFL, and I, I don't think it. It's kind of like you can't. I mean, people in this Brussville got a liquor license. They they strict on that. They should have been the same way on on FFLs. You yeah. know, to me, because yeah. that would have helped protect the integrity of our industry. Yeah. Um, but it's like if you buy. A, how many people shop for a truck? You buy at the same place probably every time. I have my trucks for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't. I have. I don't buy any vehicles in my local town anymore. Yeah. You know, I used to buy them, but you know, my guy quit working there. He went to another place, and that's where I go buy them. Where he went to. I mean, I just I buy from him. I don't buy yeah. from. Uh, I don't know. A lot of that. It's it's relate that part of it's relationship driven. Is a lot of what we're talking about, and obviously that's a huge key to success. In any business. I mean, it's the key to success on territories. The relational side of it, you know. Yeah. Who you protect, who you don't. There's a reason I protect certain people. Because I know they're going to drive business better than anybody else. No, I mean, there's some times where it makes sense. But, I I mean, you remember, we both sold bear. I mean, you you battled it. It, um, It's, I don't know. It's it's the age old. It's kind of like high fence. No deal. <laughs> it's it's people have their own opinions. I mean, yeah. But you have to look where I live. It's two hours between anything. Yeah. I mean, it's there's nothing close. Yeah. So Texas is a little different on that standpoint. Y'all yeah. are different in everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've talked from zebras to high fence with you. Don't you worry. You're gonna have to come out to Arkansas one of these days. These freaking states gonna be voting for. Whoever the Democratic president is, just tell negative. You. Oh yeah, <laughs> negative. <laughs> we'll start shipping them back to California. They're gonna ship y'all out. They control y'all states. We got them all isolated in one little spot. <laughs> I know. What you think? <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's all in Austin. <laughs> That's where they're all think. at. It's what you think. That's where the you're gonna be moving to Arkansas one of these days. It's the best state in the country. Mm. We date our sisters. We'll drive you around. <laughs> 
I ain't got no sisters. No, I don't either. <laughs> now, hold on. I heard a story in Ohio the other day that made oh. me not, not feel so bad about our state because it was true. Oh, God. There's, there was some That's interfamily funny. mingling going on up there. <laughs> so you boys are something else. It's a true story. <laughs> yeah, bub. Yeah, bub. I won't go into detail on that, but it's something else. We'll take you around the lake here in a little bit, Rusty. You'll get to see a little bit more while we like calling this home here that's right it's pretty good it ain't texas nope it ain't texas i'm uh i'm pretty loyal to arkansas yeah Yeah. there's a few brands i'm loyal to i was thinking about this other day cody uh we and i'm not just referring to the outdoor industry um but think about brands that you're like lifelong loyal to i got two that pop in my mind like immediately one of them's honda Mm mm-hmm you can't am guy, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long you had it though? A year and a half. A year and a half. <laughs> so That's you right. can't even vote yet. <laughs> so I was. I thought about Honda just because, guy, you can't kill them, man. Four wheelers and stuff, and I'm sure the four wheelers you can't kill them. I'm sure the side by sides are the same way. I don't know. I didn't buy a side by side till Honda come out with theirs. Yeah. I mean, I've I'm had still- some different brands, but I've had a lot of problems out of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be honest, I got an Articat side-by-side in the shop right now that ain't even got 500 miles on it, and it's shot. Now, I've ran it pretty hard. It's been a hard 500 miles. It looks like it's got about 10,000 miles on it. But <laughs> but you know what? I got don't. an 01 Rancher mm-hmm. that I bought, actually, you know, because it's like everything else that came out three months before the year's over. I bought it when it first came out, Yeah, and I have killed that thing. I have put two big fat men and a lot of feet on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it still goes today oh yeah now i had to fix a few things on it because i that you, you know, broke yeah i mean on the long way but yeah you hit start on that sucker she I've, goes i've got a oh five honda foreman 500 that i bought brand new here locally and i can go out there right now it's got the original tires on mud tires bear claws from 05 on that sucker still on it and it's got some miles on it still how's on the tread it. on those things tread are getting a little low he's gonna buy a new one soon <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron jokes with me if I need new tires I just buy a new he rig new truck <laughs> <laughs> but trade I, it in <laughs> I, I think about Honda pops in my mind immediately and another one that pops in my mind personally is steel yeah I, I thought that's what you would say I am I've got yeah I'm a Husqvarna guy are you yeah well, see, I've, I've, uh, and they're good too, but I've just had a lot of steel products and never had a problem with, with any of them. I, know? uh, I had, um, back when I couldn't afford a Husqvarna or that, you know, I'd bought a Craftsman, whatever, you know, it was one that had attachments on it. It lasted for a long time because some of Craftsman stuff actually was good, but, uh, I never have bit the bullet and bought me a Husqvarna, or I'd buy steel today too. Yeah, a pole saw. So I bought me the Ryobi that would just attach to it because had all these attachments. Well, still don't fix it, fit it. And Husqvarna mm-hmm. actually makes one now that fits all my attachments. But you know, what I mean, freaking things I have went through. I could already bought a Husqvarna or steel because you get a year out of them. Yeah, and you just throwing them away. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I chunked mine across the yard about sixty feet the other day. <laughs> I cranked on it till I was done cranking on it. Yeah. Zach's like, what are you doing to that? He's like, I need it for parts. I'm like, you got one too, huh? Yeah. Here, take it. I'm done with it. Yeah. I ain't cranking no more. I was just thinking 
why 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 i'm loyal to those brands you know trying to look for deeper you're always looking for whys you know Uh and uh because at the end of the day if the product is legitimate Mm -hmm. the the marketing and everything because everybody's marketing everything there's people marketing terrible products and enough to the point people will try them but if the if the the brand is not legitimate it's not going to stand the test of time eventually yeah you know steel and honda has done that Mm, big and big and jay's done that in our industry you know oh we've seen a lot of gimmicks in this industry Mm -hmm. and there's going to be more stuff comes and goes and i don't know i like to look at why these brands have been successful steel's got a pretty dang awesome strategy yeah they're the way they they run their business they're, they're strict on who they set up yeah you got to know what you're dealing with yeah. and the product. And you got to be able to service their products too. Yeah. Because like in my hometown, there's two steel dealers, you yeah. know. Um, I don't, I think they'll only set up so many, but, um, but yeah, same with Husqvarna. You got to be able to service some of that stuff. Yeah. Husqvarna's probably went a little, because they They're had, in Lowe's now. Yeah. They, they've kind of gotten to that box store a little bit, you know, because um, I think at the dealer level, steel probably dominates them there mm-hmm. so they you know looked at other avenues to go um but you know it's kind of like why are, a lot of a lot of things is we're a little too as we grew up with our whole life you take brands like steel why everybody why am i husqvarna because my family was in a logging operation and that's what they use we, what they we use. run uh because uh, we're in the mountains the husqvarnas were a lighter saw yeah so the steel's still pretty heavy it's a heavy saw it's built well so is husqvarna but that's the reason so i just always run huskies my whole life you know every, every saw i got's a husqvarna really so they're good too there ain't no doubt but i don't ever remember seeing advertising on them you know yeah you do today but I mean, it's just your yeah brands. it's like matthews matthews did a good job building loyalty there and i mean there's guys that won't shoot nothing but a matthews mm-hmm. yeah i know buy one every year yeah yep I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't know that I've ever been super little anything in the hunting like that. Yeah. We read that, or you did, with I had a conversation about cameras with a guy the other day, and, and he was talking about how there's not a lot of brand loyalty yeah. to cameras nowadays, just cause, probably because there's so many. But it's like you're always, none of them seem to do what you want them to do for long term. Yeah. yeah. Two or three years out of them, you've done something, you know, it seems like. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got a hodgepodge of firearms and. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know of anything. In- You're pretty loyal to your bipod brand, aren't you? Well, you kind of will bias on that. <laughs> but it's even like fishing. I don't, I mean, now there's, I don't know of things that I'm just super loyal to there. You know, I mean, I got a hodgepodge of rods and reels. And- You're fairly loyal to your boat, though. Oh, I am yeah. loyal to my boat, but I'd run a skater if I could. Would you? Because I've had one. I, I enjoyed a skater. Yeah. And I'm I can't afford a Ranger. I can't drive them Heath Grand boats. <laughs> I got to have an old Ranger. I had a I had a Bass Cat for a while that I really enjoyed. Um, but as far as the ride, and I don't I don't after having the Ranger I've got now, I don't know that I'd want to. Well, you got a tank though. See, you don't you have a massive boat. <laughs> like it's like it's just like twenty one nine. I think. Yeah. I'd love to have, I, like, your front deck's as big as my boat. It looks like a barge, you know? A barge. Hey, I like to enjoy stuff while we're here on Earth. I'm uh, I'm not one of them guys that's going to wait till I'm 70 to enjoy. No. That was one of the things my dad told me, you know, because I grew up, you know, my family, we didn't have no money. And he said, when you get out and get a job, before you get a family, buy the things that you 
like in life, you know. Yeah. So, of course, what I, I bought a Honda four-wheeler. I didn't have a four-wheeler growing up. I couldn't afford one. Yeah. I bought a 1648 Alumacraft with a 25-horse. Now, I'm a little Mercury. I won't run any freaking other out. Are I, got, you? I do have a Nissan. And I only got talked into it on on my aluminum boat. Yeah. And it's been it's reliable but i've always it fouls plugs like crazy but i'm here moving forward i don't have nothing but a mercury yeah so that's all i've ever ran but yeah i bought those two things right out of high school because i had a good job and i could afford them and um other than the i I had that boat forever i sold it to my buddy i'd probably still have that boat but i've always had a boat or a four-wheeler yeah because i mean it's just the things in life that I enjoy to do, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's what I told my son. He graduated. I said, whatever you like to do, get it now. You know, if it's a big investment, you know, it don't have to be the greatest. Yeah. It's like I live within your means. Yeah. I run a 99 Ranger. Could I afford more? Yeah. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to. You trying to make me feel better? No, I don't make Keith Graham money. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still over here on the poverty level. <laughs> That's because you're a penny pincher, though. Well, you you're know, still cutting pages out of the catalog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when do you, but but you know, I mean, you see these guys that I mean, if I if I fished like uh, I got a buddy of mine, he gets a new boat every two years. Yeah, he fishes every weekend. Yeah, and if I fish like that, I'd probably have me a new boat. But I don't fish like that. You know, I can't afford that. That's uh, but he don't have kids either. Yeah, that changes things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, kids break you, Rusty. <laughs> you know he's going to be married for the in the next year. Are you too. getting married, Rusty? Not yet. Let's talk about this on the podcast for us. Oh yeah, night. I like it. <laughs> I know a lady that'd probably tune into this episode if we yeah. want to talk about it. You, do we need to text David her? Peterson said he wasn't getting married either, but old David Peterson, I had to rag him yesterday because I, I hadn't remember. even started. I'm fixing to start when oh, I start yeah. on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Everybody's, we got to make one big mistake in our life for us to just do it, get it over with. Oh, it ain't a mistake if you do it the right time, first time. <laughs> there you go. Don't talk about that for a minute, Rusty. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're old as that. Let's just leave that one alone. Huh? <laughs> That's funny. I like picking on you, Rusty. Well, I'm glad you do. Well,. I like talking about brands. We probably need to be working on developing some right now. Well, you got a lot of catalog to build, and y'all ain't got none started yet. Oh, yeah, we do. We got most of our work done until Rusty showed up. I got to (laughs) go get that out of your truck, out of your house. Yep. And got to go home and start on the new brand we have. Yep. Apparel company. You got an apparel company? That's the most competitive female apparel company. Uh, you might do a little better there. You, you look good modeling that stuff. <laughs> what do you know about female stuff? That's right. Your wife is running it. <laughs> I'm just the brains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um. Next week, Cody, we're going to be doing a little bit, a little bit of go remoting. That's right. I'm pretty pumped. We'll be coming to you next week from Turks and Caicos. I mean, Cody's going to do a podcast from the beach. Oh, yeah. We're going to use our uh, solar power. Yep. Make it happen. We're going off grid. I told my wife I was going to go on a mission trip with you. Good. How'd that go over? Uh, She didn't care. She's just like, are you seriously going to go do something like that? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. She's like, 
you're going to be away, like out of communication. I said, it might be good for me. <laughs> I said, I, I, I said, I'm going to make Keith better though. I don't want to go get shot at or nothing. Yet. So, <laughs> I got to do a pre-trip first. <laughs> I don't want to go get shot yet. I've been in some interesting places where it's, it's a little sketchy getting off a plane and they're standing around with sawed off shotguns everywhere. Mm. You're like, Hmm, it might be yeah. interesting. Yeah. People. I mean, you think about it. We're, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I grew up in poverty, mm-hmm. but I didn't grow up what some of these places like you're talking about going those people they don't have anything yeah and like you said the other day your stoves and mud houses yeah that's where we're going we're going to uh i'll just throw it out there we got a trip coming up uh this next year to guatemala and it is remote and that's where i'll go with. the mountains of well i told you about it and you freaked out when i told you about the roads we'd be driving that's on. what that's what scares me when somebody's shooting i'd rather take bullet fire than, <laughs> than driving on the side driving? of a mountain if he's driving it's okay no they're not well, no, no you're talking like you're you like, see them it's around the edge of a mountain and it's straight down to your, like you see them deals where people die you know they fall off the, or sit the on the inside and put the fat people on the inside well, if the I'm road caves in it don't matter <laughs> yeah i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk if my tire is within a foot of the ledge, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight that trip. <laughs> Shift the Honda. Fat ass up the mountain. Shift the Honda. <laughs> no. I am not afraid of heights, but I am afraid of falling. <laughs> How's that work? I don't know. Because, I, I mean, I, I used to frame houses. You get up on some scary stuff when you're framing houses. Yeah. Yeah. But you also think about falling. And I have slid off a roof before. You know, luckily, we kept boards at the bottom and you stop but when you slide and you're like this is it <laughs> you're like i'm up two stories yep. i ain't gonna the old i mean it's it's scary <laughs> scary <laughs> <laughs> or sitting in a tree stand with jeremy atkins he's afraid of heights oh holy cow he made me nervous getting in the tree with him he just i mean he was just shaking i'm like dude you he's a bull. speaking of heights where we're going is supposedly like the kite 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 uh, surfing kite capital yeah. of the world or something like that. He's going to do it. So Cody's like, we got to do this. So we watched some kite surfing videos. <laughs> it looked cool. And I said, hold on a second. Yeah. No, this is awesome because we're watching these guys in there like they look so healing easy. it. Uh, so this is what I do. This is this is the leadership tip for the day if you're going to go do something. <laughs> Research the other side of it, whatever you're going <laughs> to do. So we just decided to let's let's YouTube kite surfing fails <laughs> and see what pops up. Son. For about 40 minutes, we were going, oh, oh. Dude, these people took off up in the sky, <laughs> and you're connected to this thing you can't get it loose from unless there's some kind of detachment to it. I'm talking about Way 60, up. 80 foot. <laughs> the wind took them up, slammed them. <laughs> I'm talking about, they're probably dead, the ones we watched. I ain't doing that. Oh, no. I'll I told him, I, I said, I'm out on that, Cody. I'll film. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. That's, I'm it went from looking there. real easy. You know, we had like this ripped up model. Yeah, I was about on to say, board. those guys did like, look a lot better than we did. <laughs> My fat butt will be flying like a daggum <laughs> flying whale. <laughs> and that law of inertia is, is going to be in effect when I'm coming down. <laughs> All the weight and impact and everything. All that gravity. Oh, mm. Gosh. Yeah, Heath won't be coming back if I go kite surfing. Probably, I'll just rest in peace right there. <laughs> I might, might be on. I might be the same way when y'all go on this. I might just set it the road for four days. Y'all come back if it gets where I ain't crossing it. Yeah, so check this out. So speaking of that trip, I know we're rabbit trailing back and forth, but we're going into Guatemala. My good buddy Nate's got us set up and um, with a guy that lives over there. He's dedicated his life to just serving these people over there in the middle of nowhere, and they live in mud homes. And we're going in and and putting 
better efficient burning stoves in their houses for cooking and heat. And uh, right now we're going to be installing, I think, 20 in uh, some mud homes. So it's going to be a pretty incredible. It's life-changing stuff for these people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I'd think it, for, for us, too, just mm-hmm. to be able to oh, be a yeah. part of it's helping awesome. change their life is – yeah. You'll never look at anything else the same I've, after you we, do that. You know, we've always said we've you've been on some, Cody. I've been on several trips, but it it you do go and help people. There's no doubt, but it does more for you probably than you're even doing doing oh, for yeah. those people because you're Easy. like you're just like while we're sitting here doing this podcast, there's people living in poverty over there easily that don't have a they've never even seen the city streets, you know, and never will. They don't have internet and cell phones and all they probably, that. honestly they live a better life than we do. Well, I'll guarantee it's simpler. <laughs> um. So it's going to be a fun trip. That's coming up, I believe. Right now, it's scheduled for June. We may do a pre-trip, possibly, around spring break or so, to scout it out a little better. Um, Check the roads out for me. <laughs> I've already seen the roads. <laughs> I've got video surveillance if you want to check it out. <clears throat> it's pretty intense. Holy crap. But, hey, we're going we're gonna to go. When is it? Is it June? Is that when we're going? June? Are you going? I think so. You let me go. It's gonna be good. You gonna have to watch your mouth over there. Some of these people ain't never heard words you throw out. I'll, I'll clean it up. <laughs> we're gonna take a jar. <laughs> we're gonna like, bring, what did he say? We're gonna bring a. Uh, All these little kids will be saying these words that they uh, never heard. We're gonna bring a. We're gonna bring a rope and a, a bandana. You ever seen people tie people's mouths off? It's going to be here, and we're going to be like, give me the rope. <laughs> oh, no, all we have to say is, you're sitting on the outside of the Jeep going up the mountain tomorrow. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not speaking anymore. I'll raise my hand if I, I have a question. I think I'd rather sit on the outside so I could at least see when it started to go so I could get out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to want to bail out on this deal. Oh, gosh. Ride it to the bottom. <laughs> you're going to ride it fast. Hopefully down. you're in a Jeep. <laughs> It'll be kind of like base jumping. <laughs> Wear one of them flying squirrel suits, so I at least get a chance. Golly, it's going to so be. So on good. that, uh, when they're on their mud house, the stove, because you said right now they their houses filled with smoke. This gets the smoke out, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're going to have to poke a hole in the roof or whatever. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the current setup they've got. I know that they said they're basically when they cook food or, or provide warmth for their their homes, they basically have a ton of smoke that they're breathing and living in, which is common sense stuff to us over here. Um, and we probably take it for granted. And so it's, uh, the guy that lives over there is, is the cost of these stoves is like 200 bucks for the materials. And, uh, we've got 20 of them funds for 20 of them right now to go in there and help him install them. So it's gonna be really cool. We'll be filming that whole project and kind of telling that story. It's gonna be really cool. I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's going to be good stuff, man. And that's, that's a lot of part of the, you know, part of the foundational vision side, the nonprofit side of what we're doing with go remote yeah. is doing projects like that. And and not only doing them, but being able to bring those stories back and show people, you know, yeah. I think it's just healthy every now and then to look look at the bigger picture of life. And and we're obviously very um, blessed is probably the word living over here where we do. We all we ain't struggling for food, and obviously we're all pretty healthy. We're all pretty thick and shaped. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know. To me, it's just a part of while we're while we're healthy enough to go do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be really cool. I mean. I know it will be. We've done it. Mm-hmm. We'll just hope we make it back all right. I will tell you, the last place I was in was Venezuela. You can't even go there now. It's so dangerous. They're killing people left and right. I think I think last I heard, Caracas, I think, is that the, the capital there? Caracas, I can't remember. But um, it was not too long ago, it was noted the most dangerous place in the world right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Governments, it's bad. 
and um it does make you wonder you know we were over there in an orphanage and uh it's pretty brutal coming home on that trip mm. we hung out at an orphanage all week and when we left that those kids we played soccer with them i, I dominated by the way <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a soccer player. <laughs> they made me look stupid. But we had a blast. But when we left after being there for a week, and we actually had, I had an intern at that time that we had sent over for, he went for like three months and taught video production to the kids over there in their school. That's cool. So that they could produce their own content for their school and, and just mm. learn. It was pretty cool. Um, and so he had been there, Daniel had been there like three months, I think. It may have been longer. And when we got done with that trip, and we all jumped on the van to get ready to head back to the airport. They literally, there's probably 40 of them, surrounded our van and was just banging on the window saying, don't go. Yeah, what do you do? Dude, I'll tell you what happened. And I ain't a real emotional person. Y'all know that, unless I'm hacking on somebody. But uh, you could have heard a pin drop in that van. I bet. I mean, I looked back behind me and the whole crew that was with us, just tears just flowing down their face because they were like, golly, because you know you're going back to a better place and they're, yeah. and they're not. Yeah. You know? And there ain't nothing you can do about it. People back home, they're like, because we had two kids my wife would have brought home, literally. They sit on her lap every night. There's old Nate Farrell calling in. I'll call him back in a sec. Sorry, Nate. I know you're listening to the podcast. We're trying to shut this thing down. <laughs> um, but we, uh, where was I? Nate just distracted me. So there's two kids that your wife would have oh, brought yeah, home. Yeah, and it's not like that. It's not like you can just you yeah. know, adopt a kid and bring him home. It don't work like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but there was two she'd have brought home. I still got pictures of them, and uh, they they lived in one of these. It was a block home, I think, but dirt floors. Yeah, it's just like man, you know, cutest. I mean, they could have been models, beautiful little kids, you know. Mm. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty life changing, man, to go and see that stuff and just try to make an impact. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, pretty stoked about it. We might see a side of Aaron we ain't never seen after he, if he makes it over there without cussing out all the village people and <laughs> I cuss people out <laughs> it's gonna be good times man gonna be good times well Cody you ready to go to the beach Nate's calling you now <laughs> yeah let's see if he calls me next <laughs> Rust you got any final words we got a lot of work to do bud yeah we gotta get busy well we appreciate you throwing us all throwing it all on this last minute Nothing Why like, not? What are friends for? I told Rusty, I was like, you know, we're like gone next week. He said, that sounds like a personal problem to me. <laughs> Golly. Hey, when you give him a bill and he freaks out, you can say, that sounds like a personal problem to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good place to shut this podcast off. <laughs> All right. Well, fellas, good to have you on as always. Uh, you guys are always welcome on the Tour 12 podcast. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show today. Until next time, peace out and God bless. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, t-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly basis and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff. We know everybody likes free stuff. I'll be honest, we enjoy free stuff and we want to share part of that with our listeners. Listen guys, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out. You're not only a part of the tour, you're a part of the family. And we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about, living our passion. I am Jay Heath Graham, and I thank you for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.